48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Tom McAlinden. The headlines. The Liberal Party says the government should give Hong Kong people $10,000 vouchers to spend on local businesses. Over 100 tourists are unaccounted for following a volcanic eruption on a small New Zealand island. And the World Anti-Doping Agency decides today whether Russia should be given a four-year ban from all major international sporting events. The Liberal Party has asked the government to give Hong Kong people $10,000 vouchers to spend on local businesses. Its lawmakers met the Financial Secretary Paul Chan to discuss their proposals for the upcoming budget, which includes low-interest loans, tax and rate concessions, and assistance to local ex- exhibitors affected by protests. The party says exhibitions have been cancelled because of the protests and the government aid has so far not helped them. Catering sector lawmaker Tommy Cheung says the voucher idea tops their list because of the effectiveness of a $6,000 handout in 2000. 2011. Vouchers, you know, for everybody, a ten thousand dollar voucher, so that they can spend in restaurants and retails and, and all that. Uh, if he thinks that that, that this is an um, administrative burden, then maybe we can. We don't mind taking cash. They have already given six thousand dollar cash. We are hoping that they can give like ten thousand dollar cash or give vouchers. You know, either way. An organiser of yesterday's march from Causeway Bay to Central says if police behave without discipline, it'll be difficult to maintain the peace at future rallies. The Civil Human Rights Front hailed the turnout of the 800,000 people as proof that support continues for the anti-extradition movement, exactly six months after protests began. Eric Lai, vice-convener of the Front, accused police of intimidating protesters. If the police officers do not have self-constraint, and if they continue to intimidate the people like what they did yesterday, then we cannot have a peaceful protest. We see our colleague, like Jimmy Sham, he was humiliated by the frontline police because of his sexual orientation. We have also another colleague who stands in Central to tell the police that we are still having a rally according to the letter of no objection, but the frontline police officers ignore and try to intimidate the people by not standing there. Police said 183,000 people took part in yesterday's rally. The Mainland Affairs Council in Taiwan has called on Hong Kong's anti-government protesters not to escape to the island through illegal means. The council said there's already an official mechanism in place to assist Hong Kong and Macau residents whose safety and liberty are undermined, and they shouldn't attempt to challenge the law by illegally entering and seeking refuge. The New York Times has said that more than 200 young demonstrators have fled to Taiwan since the start of the protest movement in June, according to lawyers pastors and other supporters who've sponsored and helped them plan their escape routes. Hong Kong Post says from next Monday it'll collect a surcharge for underpaid local mail and notices to be issued to senders where there's a return address. For mail with no return address, Hong Kong Post says it'll collect the surcharge from the addressee. It says the surcharge can be paid online or at any post office. The New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern says around 100 people were on or near White Island at the time when a volcano erupted there this morning. So far it's known that 20 people have been injured. The small uninhabited island is about 50 kilometres offshore from North Island. A live video freed from the volcano shows more than a half a dozen people walking inside the rim before images went dark when the eruption occurred minutes later. Richard Sutherland is from Radio New Zealand. The immediate danger has passed, but a very large rescue operation is now underway in the Bay of Plenty region, focused on the town of Whakatane, where ambulance services are converging to meet with helicopters who are medevacking people off White Island. White Island is about a 20-minute helicopter ride from the Bay of Plenty back to Whakatane. Around 100 people were believed to be on the island when this uh, eruption happened. 
Pledges on Brexit made by the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson have again been called into question after the leak of an official document. Mr Johnson's again insisted that under his draft deal there would be no checks in either direction on goods between Northern Ireland and Great Britain. The BBC's Chris Morris explains why several of Mr Johnson's comments are wrong. Businesses sending goods from Northern Ireland into Great Britain will have to fill out export declaration forms. Only a small piece of online bureaucracy, but still different from goods travelling elsewhere within the UK. From Great Britain to Northern Ireland, though, tariffs will have to be paid on goods if their final destination is or could be the Republic of Ireland inside the EU. This will necessitate some form of checks. Northern Ireland will continue to follow many of the rules of the EU single market for goods. And that means EU law requires checks on, for example, all food and animal products at their point of entry. Donald Trump says the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has everything to lose if he acts in a hostile way. Hours after Pyongyang said it had carried out a test at a satellite site. President Trump tweeted that North Korea had tremendous economic potential but must denuclearize as promised. Mr Trump said the North Korean leader didn't want to void his special relationship with the US president. The U.S. Defense Secretary Mark Esper has ordered a review of the screening program for all foreign personnel training at American bases. The move follows the fatal shooting of three sailors at a naval facility in Florida on Friday by a Saudi Air Force Lef- Lieutenant Mohammed El Shamrani, who was shot dead by police. At a press conference, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, said security checks on such visiting personnel should be stepped up. He had a major social media trail. This guy was uh, was somebody who um, just had a deep-seated hatred for the United States, and and that was that was pretty clear from that, and and obviously the fact that he would do something like this. And so my view is is that for us to be bringing in these foreign nationals, you have to take precautions to protect the the country. The fact of the matter is, I mean, bringing in people from Saudi Arabia, you need to be on guard on that. A senior U.S. Democrat says if the impeachment case against President Trump was presented to a jury, it would find him guilty in three minutes flat. Jerry Nadler, who chairs the House of Representatives Judiciary Committee, was speaking to CNN. His Democrat colleague Adam Schiff, who chairs the House Intelligence Committee, mentioned possible change it charges to, CBS, to CBS's Face the Nation program. There is overwhelming evidence that the president sought to coerce Ukraine into interfering in our election, essentially sought to cheat in our next election by getting a foreign government to weigh in. That is a very serious business and it imperils our national security. Uh, It's a gross abuse of his office. Mr. Trump has repeatedly denied any wrongdoing. A devastating measles outbreak continues to spread in Samoa, with official figures showing 112 new cases in the 24 hours to Monday morning. The death toll has climbed to 70, mostly young children. The government said a massive vaccination drive last week had succeeded in immunising 90% of the 200,000-plus population, but the vaccine takes up to two weeks to take effect. Rwanda has launched its first ever vaccination campaign against the Ebola virus. More than 2,200 people have died of the disease in neighbouring Congo since August last year. Here's the BBC's Mary Harper. Rwanda's Health Minister Diane Gashumba said 200,000 people would be vaccinated over the next year in areas bordering the Democratic Republic of Congo. 
priority will be given to health workers, immigration officials, police and those engaged in cross-border trade. So far, there have been no confirmed Ebola cases in Rwanda. The authorities are hoping the experimental vaccine will keep things that way. It was used for the first time last month in the city of Goma, in eastern Congo. A quarter of a million Congolese have already been vaccinated with another product. Both are made by U.S. drug companies. Police in India have arrested the owner of a building in Delhi which caught fire in the early hours of yesterday, killing at least a hundred, uh, killing 43 people. The police said a criminal case has been registered against the man named Ray Han. Firefighters say there were no safety equipment at the factory. Many of those who died were labourers sleeping, sleeping in the building in the city's crowded old quarter. Maharid Rizwan lost two of his brothers in the blaze. He says he received a desperate call just before he lost contact with them. My elder brother called me and said, save me. The fire is really big, so there is no hope to survive. There are many of us and we are all stuck inside. The French President Emmanuel Macron has met senior cabinet ministers ahead of further protests due this week against government plans to overhaul the pension system. Mr Macron insists the change from a fragmented to a unified pension system is essential for the health of the economy. But French labour unions fear the changes would mean employees working longer for a smaller retirement payout. The government will reveal full details of its proposed changes on Wednesday. At least 800,000 people protested nationwide on Thursday, including doctors, teachers, lawyers and public transport workers. Saudi Arabia will no longer require restaurants to have separate entrances segregated by sex in the latest relaxation of rules governing interaction between men and women. A Saudi government ministry has announced the changes on Twitter. Here's the BBC's Sebastian Usher. Eating places in Saudi Arabia have long had one entrance for families and women and another for men on their own. Inside, the two groups were usually divided and cut off from one another by screens. That has been changing in the past year or two, with many restaurants and cafes no longer enforcing the rule. With the religious police off the streets, it's helped open up what was once an extremely enclosed society. It's yet one more in a stream of reforms in Saudi Arabia, which has, however, been accompanied by a far darker side, a crackdown on dissent that has had its most brutal expression in the murder of the journalist Jamal Hashoggi. The American rapper Juice World, whose latest album topped the Billboard chart, has died at the age of 21. The authorities say he suffered what they called a medical emergency at an airport in Chicago. Juice World's real name was Jared Anthony Higgins. At the time of his death, he had three different songs in the Billboard singles chart, two as the lead artist. Finance said a short time ago the Hang Seng Index was at 26,520, 21 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $38 billion. To currencies in the US dollars trading at 108.58 yen, the euro is at 1 US dollar 10 cents, and the pound's worth 10 Hong Kong dollars 28 cents. Now to sports, and here's Atom Jung. The Athlete Committee of the World Anti-Doping Agency is calling for Russia to be completely banned from the Olympics, saying the country has made a mockery of not only those who play by the rules, but those who create and safeguard them. More from the BBC's Alistair Ross. Members of the World Anti-Doping Agency's Athletes Committee have demanded a blanket ban on Russian athletes competing at the Olympics. WADA is holding a key meeting in Lausanne on Monday to discuss sanctions. Russia was declared non-compliant for manipulating laboratory data handed over to investigators. A key panel has recommended a raft of measures, including banning Russia from hosting and competing in major international events.
To football in the English Premier League, where Leicester City kept pressure on the leaders Liverpool with a convincing 4-1 win away to Aston Villa. Jamie Vardy scored twice as Leicester set a club record with their eighth consecutive league win. That puts them second in the table, eight points off the lead. Brendan Rodgers was satisfied with the overall performance of his team. Our approach in the game was very good. The players' intensity and concentration was was great.、Um, we scored. You know, very, very good goals. So,、uh, and in the second half, we, we kept going right to the very end to score. So yeah, so pleased for the players because they've been absolutely amazing. And、uh, like as I said, a real historical day for us to break the, the club record of、uh, eight consecutive wins was,、uh, and it was a performance to match that. I think. Sheffield United came from behind to beat Norwich 2-1 at Carrow Road. Sheffield United's first win in five league games puts them just two points behind fifth place Manchester United. Wolves extended their unbeaten run in the league to 11 games. They got two goals from Diogo Jota in a 2-2 draw at Brighton. Newcastle came from behind to beat Southampton 2-1 at St James's Park, with defender Federico Fernandez scoring the winner on the 86th minute. Newcastle haven't lost at home since the opening weekend. In the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers have both recorded a league-leading 11th win on the season. The Ravens won the AFC North by beating the Buffalo Bills 24-17. Lamar Jackson threw three touchdown passes to help the Ravens to their ninth straight win. The 49ers survived a shootout against the Saints in New Orleans. It finished 48-46 for San Francisco after Robbie Gold kicked a field goal to end the game. The Niners improved to 11 and two. They lead the NFC West by one game over the Seattle Seahawks, who were beaten 28-12 by the LA Rams. And the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the New England Patriots 23-16. The Patriots lost at home for only the first time in two years. And that's your look at sports. Adam Jung there, and to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. The Liberal Party says the government should give Hong Kong people ten thousand dollar vouchers to spend on local businesses. An organizer of yesterday's march from Causeway Bay to Central says if police behave without discipline, it'll be difficult to maintain the peace at to maintain the peace at future rallies. The Mainland Affairs Council in Taiwan calls on Hong Kong's anti-government protesters not to escape to the island through illegal means. And over a hundred tourists are unaccounted for following a volcanic eruption on a small New Zealand island. That's the news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 Show. I'm Sadia Osmani. Thanks to Phil Whelan for the morning brew. And on the show today, just after one thirty, yes, it's our Monday mover and shaker, and it's Tanya Schroff. Now, after a school trip to Cambodia, to a Cambodia orphanage at the age of 14, she was inspired to work with children and their educational needs. And she is now the founder of Fair Play Learning, a Hong Kong-based social enterprise connecting international students with local students living below the poverty line. And after 2.30 this afternoon, we get festive as we talk about the upcoming festive season of entertainment at K11 Museum. Joining me in the studio, professional dancer and choreographer Lemon Du Ting Fung and fashion designer Chocolate Chang, who tell me more about their involvement in the K11 Museum's cultural muse-, muse encounter. There's a lot there and there's a lot happening, so make sure you stay tuned. Chamada 